0: Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to the City Light Church podcast, we're so honored you've joined us. We hope that today's podcast brings you hope, encouragement, and most of all, adds value to you in your walk with Jesus Christ. We long to see people grow from where they are, closer to where God desires them to be, and it's our hope that this podcast is an essential element in that process for you. So, grab a pen, your Bible, and a journal, and let's dive into today's message. Today's message
1: may be seated middle school you can be released worship team you can take a break hallelujah get your bible quick fast and in a hurry get your bible <laughs> thank you worship team my god i love this man this is uh, a. if uh, if you're a guest with us today you kick your shoes off and make yourself a home we uh, we're glad you are here. We are glad the Lord is is kicking down the walls, and people are going out and and uh, bec- and fulfilling the, the mission. Just just embracing the call of God upon their life, and they're going out and they're doing what God has called them to do. Um, it, it, baptism. We had baptism yesterday. Several folks baptized. Amen. Amen. A lot of um, amen. A lot of cool baptisms going on. What you guys don't know is, in fact, there was a picture that um, I sent. Couldn't get it uploaded, but uh, uh, another baptism that happened last week. Uh, Ellie Zalak and and uh, her family and friends came together her mom baptized her this is the win for us when communities coming together and having a party and we're we're seeing you folks out baptizing people that you have witnessed to minister to discipled and um, so many of you want to know how I can disciple someone and I'm, I'm telling you just live the Christian life in front of them Right? Because discipleship is demonstration before articulation. So you're, you're demonstrating discipleship long before you ever sit down and begin to articulate discipleship. Are you with me? A lot of people ask about how we can can, uh, articulate discipleship line upon line. We have good teachers and we have um, some stuff we can give you and some stuff we're putting in line that all you got to do is turn it on and sit with them and just walk with them through it. But long before they hear the articulating of the word of God and the disciplines of, of the word of God, they witness the demonstrating of it. Are you with me? They're watching your life. You are the disciple to many people. You are, if you will, the fifth gospel. You are the only gospel many people will ever read. Think about that. Amen. Or old me, whichever one fits. Amen. Amen. We're super super excited about um, you guys, and what the Lord's doing in your life, and discipleship groups, and folks serving and giving, and saying, "I want to honor the Lord in stewardship with my house and with my money, with my cars and with my life," um, and just watching watching you grow and just take next steps. I mean, if you're going to do it, let's do it. Amen. Amen. If we're going to go, let's go. Yes. Right. I, I I feel like that's that's the commercial for the body of Christ today. Let's go. You know what I mean? How many? <laughs> How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Let's go. Come on. I'm stuck in Haran. Let's go. Last week I preached about Abraham, and Abraham is a microcosm of the Christian life, and you actually see it replay in the children of Israel, and you see it at the cross and in the life of of the believers, and he's calling you, and he's saying, come with me on a journey. We talked about Abraham last week. We started this blank part series. I don't know how many parts it's going to be, four, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 20. I don't know. Doesn't matter. We started a journey and watch. If you can can watch this journey, you can actually parallel what God is doing in the life of a believer. So many people don't understand what's happening in their walk with Christ because they don't understand the Old Testament. And it's a type and shadow of what's happening in the life of the believer. And we saw him leave Haran, we saw him leave this area and head out to a land. He was stuck, and God moved him. Today, I want to go to Genesis 12, 11 and 13, and I want to, I want to hit this, and I want to just drop it in your lap, and then I'm going to let the Lord just work with you on it all week. Amen? Amen. And In verse 11, it says, when he was about to enter Egypt, he said, I'm sorry, go back, go to Genesis 12, 10. He gets, so here, here's the picture. We got Abraham leaving Haran and he goes to this land called Canaan that God has shown him. He, he goes here out of a call. He's left his house. He's left all of his possessions. He surrendered his life to Christ. There's the parallel. He chases after God. He's going after God. He is selling out. He's saying, I'm all in for this. In Genesis 10, he, he gets to this area in verse 10, Genesis 12:10. There was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt. Are you getting that? The Word of God is so incredible. God calls him out of a land of comfort. He calls him out of a land where that he's known. He's saying, I want to take you to a place. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pour upon you, and out of your life are going to come many children. It's going to come descendants. And he's saying that to men and women today. He's saying, come out of bondage. Come out of this thing. And follow me and I'm going to make you a spiritual mother, a spiritual father of many children. That is the destiny. That is a calling. That is a mission of a believer to follow after Christ. Are you with me? To go after him and replicate what he did. In the life of the disciples, what they did in the life of their disciples, and so forth and so forth, until you and I are here with that same calling and mission that our life would be that mission field for many people, that we would live that life. And he he goes and he obeys and he comes to this land and he gets there. And watch what happens: there's a famine in the land. Are you kidding me? I sold everything. I packed my bags. My dad died en route. I'm going to this place. You called me here and there's no food. It's dry. And in the same verse, so Abram went down to Egypt to stay there for a while because the famine in the land was severe. It wasn't a patty cake famine. It was bad. God calls you you begin to move by obedience in this Christian walk. You get into an arena that you think, okay, I'm going to experience Christ. I'm going to grow as a believer. And there's a famine in the land. Famine means it's dry. It's hot. It's weary. You're hungry. You're parched. You're, you're, you're wanting something of substance. There's no way to prosper. And you start following him. And all of a sudden, your life is under droughts. There's areas of your life you're like, what's going on? What's going on? And that's what Abraham's experienced. And so he has to go over into Egypt. And watch what happens verse 11. And when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, look, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say this is his wife. They will kill me, but let you live. Please say you're my sister. So it will go well. For me, because of you, and my life will be spared on your account. Modern day, 2022, he says, we'll translate, okay? Look here, baby, you're smoking hot, and now what's going to happen is, (laughs) I go into this land, and they think I'm married to you, they're going to knock me off, and, and so that they can have you, right? So what I want you to do is say, now, guys, I can't even imagine telling my wife, Paula, listen, baby, listen, honey, I need you to say you're my wife, so I'm like, what am I doing here? Look at the, look at the jacked up individual that God has called to start a revolution. He's on the precipice of pimping out his wife because he's, I'm not kidding, he is scared he is fearful. He is paralyzed with fear. And, he, and yet fear has so twisted his brain, he has the audacity to turn to his wife and say, look here, baby. Here's what I think we need to do. Now, guys, we come up with some pretty crazy plans every now and then, right? Ladies are amen to me right now. Amen, pastor. But this is the, this is the mother of them all. I mean, this is the big one. This guy, he has got a fear problem to the max. Okay, watch this. Fast forward, Genesis chapter 20, verse 1. From there, Abraham traveled to the region of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. While he was staying in Gerar, Abraham said about his wife, Sarah, She is my Here we go again. She is my sister, so King Abimelech of Gerar had Sarah brought to him. Are you hearing this? This is a chronic issue. It's a chronic issue in Abraham's life. Yet God, who knows all things, didn't seem to have a problem with it. In fact, he brought heat down upon the Egyptians and down upon Abimelech. Not upon Abram. But Abraham knew it was twisted. I'm sure Sarah has told him. (laughs) You're a twisted individual. My husband. That Hey, you don't have to be married long before your wives look at the husbands and go, what in the world did I do? There's going to be something that's going to get revealed about your life. And for Abraham, it was a Fear issue. He is in a difficult place. He is in a dry place, in a foreign place. And you say, God, how did you call me? And and I obeyed and I got here and now I'm in the hardest place, the most fearful place, the most difficult place I've ever been in my life. So much so that I am literally saying to my wife, hey, pretend you're my sister. Hard times reveal brokenness in our life. Hard times have a way. God doesn't shelter us from hard times. He allows us to go through it to reveal what we didn't see was there. Now I'll take you back. i to take you back to Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, last week. Watch this. Watch this. Just listen to me. Then Terah took his son Abram, Lot, Sarai, and he set out together with them from Ur of Chaldean to go to a land of Canaan. But when they arrived at Haran, they settled there. Who did that? Abraham's father took him out of the land and began the journey to Canaan. Now, how did his father know that? No doubt Abraham told him, this is what El, God, the God, has spoke to me i got to go to Canaan. we got to sell everything. Abraham doesn't go. It says, her, his, Tara, his, his hut, his father. You know what I think? I think Abraham is so full of fear that he can't move. He can't move out of this land that God has called him to. So his father says, I know God spoke to you. Come on. He gets his wife. He gets his nephew. He grabs his son. He packs the wagon. He says, boy, get in that wagon. Come on, let's go. And he sets out. His father dies en route. And Abraham settles there. God calls him. And when we get him to Canaan, we find out God's saying, you know, there's some things in you I need to work out. There's some things in you that don't look like me. And I want to conform you to the image of Christ. I'll put it in New Testament. Are you ready? He wants to conform you into the image of Christ we forget that he is actually working on us to morph us and to mold us and to shape us and to pound us and to rip us and to tear us for one purpose, to mash you into the image of his glorious son. Why am I going through this? He's got something in you he's trying to get out. Why am I going through this fire? There's some impurity in you. He's going to burn out. In. He is not leaving you alone in the fire. He doesn't leave you alone in the breaking. He doesn't leave you alone in the crushing. Listen, when the enemy comes in and attacks, just like he does, you say, oh, it's you again, and you recognize that that battle you're about to go through, you're going through, or you just came out of, is to take something in you that God doesn't want, pull it out so he can further conform you to the image. And I truly believe that God is dealing with fear in the life of Abram here, and he is revealing that this man has a serious deficit, and if I don't work this out of him, he will never be able to handle and steward Canaan and the land that I'm about to give him. Him. And the generations that I'm about to give him, he won't have the character, if you will, to burden the load and the responsibility that. I, so, I'm going to allow him to go through a famine and I'm going to allow him to be under such fear like he's never known. And it may not take just one battle, he may end up going through Gerar and getting over into this land where Abimelech is, and he may have to go through it again. And Listen. This thing is inside of him so bad that I guarantee you it's not just him, but watch this. It actually filtered down to his son. We call that generational. Watch this. Genesis 26. There was another famine in the land in addition to the one that occurred in Abram's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and Gerar. Does it look familiar? Drop down to verse 6. So Isaac settled in Gerar, and when, verse 7, the men of the place asked about his wife, he said, this is Abraham's son. What did he say? Like father, (laughs) like son. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Amen. She's my sister. For he was afraid to say, my wife, thinking the men of the place would kill me on account of Rebecca, For she is a beautiful woman. Isaac's dealing with the same thing. And somewhere, somebody's got to break it. See, this is modern day Christianity. Come to church, sing a little song. I'll read a little poem give you three points, maybe a joke here or there, make you laugh, tickle you just a little bit, make you feel good on the surface, put a cherry on top, send you out, and say, you're all that in a bag of chips. We're going to heaven one day. And that's it. And then come back next Sunday, and we'll do it all over again. And all the while, you go through a ripping, a tearing, a fire, a persecution, and what you think is that the devil just has lost every number in the Rolodex but yours, and you're the only one he knows to call on, and you think, how could this God be? Then you start doubting God, and how he could let you go to a land of a famine, how he could let you go to a land of Egypt, how I could be under such persecution and such pressure that these this fear thing that I start telling my wife all these crazy things like hey pretend you're my sister and I'm so racked with fear I can't do anything. You're, you're like starting to question your God when really it's God who allowed you to go through it for the purpose of purifying you and refining you that when you come out of this place the next generation of your children and your children's children don't have to deal with the same brokenness that you inherited in your life. And for some of us, this is a revelation. Like, I've never heard this kind of preaching before. It is all through your Bible. I didn't just get it this weekend. Didn't just make it up. It's there. It's been there. God doesn't hide the dirty laundry of his children. Amen? (laughs) We in the church do. We pretend. We pretend. Like, Paul and I pretend. We got it all together. Right? Right? We have worked it all out. Like we never have any troubles. We never have any fears. We never have any of that. And so like if you would just love God, you would get to that place where you no longer have any of that either. There's a Greek word for that. It's called hogwash. (laughs) (laughs) As long, aren't you glad I study theology? As long as you are following Christ, you will go through trials and tribulations. One, because you have an adversary that hates what you are doing. And two, because God sees things in us that he wants to purify. He wants to refine. Why? Because the mission is to so impact your life that he every day is conforming you a little more, a little more, and a little more into the image of his glorious son. Isaac's dealing with this issue and it's an issue of fear that's in this family, and it must be broken off. I think, I think probably the greatest thing for us to understand in Christendom today, following after Jesus in this relationship, this thing we call following Christ, this relationship is this, is that it's not a place of arriving. Like, it's somehow you come down, we say a prayer, you sign a card, and we baptize you, and, and that's it. You're good to go. You get a ticket. It's stamped. You're, I mean, you, now you can go back out and live your life. No, 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 no. Um, it's like this. You, you come to Christ, and we gang up on you, and we crucify you. And you willingly lay your life down. And then we say, now, let's baptize you as an image of raising to life and water baptism. And now, let's go out. Because the Lord is going to work on your life. And while he's working on your life, Abraham, he's going to begin to attract the kids into your life. Isaac was his son, the promised son. And God began to give him things that he could not merit himself. And I'll go into this next week. He ends up becoming blessed. And this covenant and these promises begin to bless him But the breaking is part of the process that God takes us through, not because He hates us, but because He loves us. It is the very thing that attracts people to Christ, and that is the fires you go through and they see you glow like gold. They see you come through the pressing and the persecution. They see you come through, but somehow you're refined. They watch a marriage over 20 years and how you've battled for your marriage. But still you're together. You're still the one that you love, right? Shania Twain. That's the gospel of Shania. You're still the one I love. Amen. You're still the one I love. That's pretty good. You know that song? We're going to sing it next week. (laughs) Refine us us together. That's what He's doing. He's refining you. He's burning you into the image of His Son. And you willingly do it. Why? Because you're ravished by His love. Because you've experienced Him. Over and over He shows Himself merciful, miraculous. He just shows up. You're like, God you, you amaze me. Yeah. The Egyptian said, Abram, what are you doing, man? Are you kidding me? Here's the secular king calls him and says, Dude, she's your wife. You messed up weirdo. What are you doing? Think about this. How perverted the land is that he's asking his wife how much fear he has. Hey, pretend you're my sister. And the king of the land finds out about it and calls him and says, Man, this is jacked up. This is this is nasty, dude. What are you doing? And he says, here, take some goats, take some sheep, and some camels. Get out of here. Go through some breaking. Look for some blessing. He didn't get it. He did it again. Abimelech says, come here, Abram. What in the cat hair is wrong with you, man? That's southern talk. Sorry for my friends in New York, in Minneapolis. Southern talk, cat hair. what in the world is wrong with you man pagan king Philistine are you kidding me he's like dude take some servants here's some here's some guys here's some gals that'll help you man get yourself fixed here's some more goats and sheep God's blessing him not cursing him you've been taught that you're broken and you need to get out of the church. And God is saying, you're broken. Let me give you some stuff. Hang on. Why? Because I see your heart for me. You've got a good, good father. Do you know the parable of the prodigal father? (laughs) You know the parable? Why? The father blessed him, not because he deserved it, but because of his overwhelming love. Has anybody ever told you God deeply loves you? Deeply, he isn't rejecting you. Are you kidding me? He gave his life for you, he is pouring out heaven for you. He doesn't hate you, he wants to give you the kings of the the keys of the kingdom. He wants you to experience life now and forevermore. God loves you, man. We've had it backwards. The church has told you you got to perform, God knows what he purchased. He didn't get into the house, open the box up and go, oh, it's a Ken Brown. (laughs) Look bigger online, I'll tell you that. I'll pick on me, that's all right. He opened the box and said, yes, yes. He saw every flaw, imperfection. He said, that's okay. I got just the thing. My love is a refiner's fire. And I want to take them through it. Guys, stand so I can stop. I mean, please. Stand, please, so I can stop preaching. Some of you are like, I ain't standing. Keep preaching. Amen. Fine, you're, 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 uh, you're serving in CLK next Sunday. Amen. 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 Guys, He loves you. He loves you. That's why you're going through the fire. He loves you. That's why He's allowing your brokenness to be revealed. He loves you. Why? So that not only your wife can see it and she can hold you accountable, <laughs> but you can hold her accountable sometimes. Be careful. <laughs> but that you can, you can do this thing together. You can do this thing together. Father, we, we hear the call. We've set out, but we recognize there's some stuff in us that needs to be burned out. It needs to be rooted out. It needs to be dealt with. And Lord, I'm okay with my brokenness. I'm somehow surrendering it to you, but help me to accept my neighbor's brokenness and not react to it. Help me to accept my wife's brokenness and my husband's brokenness and not lash out against it. Help me to accept the brokenness of folks in my household of faith. And not somehow reduce them down and say you're not worthy of the promises, you're not worthy of the service, and you're not worthy of the calling. God, help us to accept each other in our walk, in our following after you. Help us, oh God, that we would have words of affirmation, words of faith to speak into friends around us and loved ones around us. That God is for us, not against us. That his fire is a fire of love and he is purifying us and he is setting us on a heel to magnify him and to glorify him. That others would see what's happening in our life and would come after you. Lord we bless you today, we ask your spirit to do in us what you see fit and well-pleasing. We say come Holy Spirit, refine us, come Holy Spirit, do in us what you see fit and well-pleasing. Just say it right now, come Holy Spirit, do in me what you see fit and well-pleasing in Jesus name.
0: Amen. Well we hope that this message has brought you hope and encouragement. And it was just what you needed for today. If you're joining us today and we can partner with you in prayer in any way, it would be our honor. Please reach out to us by visiting our website, mycitylight.org. And lastly, if the Holy Spirit has laid it on your heart to give today, you can do that by visiting mycitylight.org and go to the giving tab or text any amount to 84321. Be blessed.